conspiracy, what do you believe? Welcome to the second episode of Conspiracies, What Do You Believe? This episode is about President Eisenhower and the Greta Treaty. We hope that you enjoyed the first episode and hope that you follow along with us in the world of conspiracies, secret societies, and the occult. Here's just a little note to begin the episode with. If you believe in aliens and UFOs, then you probably believe that the government met or still meets with aliens. If you don't believe in aliens or UFOs, then most likely you don't believe the government has ever met with an alien. It's just that plain and simple. Okay, let's uh, get started. The Roswell cra crash happened in 1947, and I assume everybody's familiar with the Roswell crash. Well, in the same year, President Truman made the Majestic 12 by a classified executive order. This consisted of scientists, government officials, military officials, and was created to communicate and understand the UFOs. Could this be where all this started from? Well, when President Einstein became president, Truman gave him the file on the Majestic 12. And President Eisenhower was a five-star general. He was president from 1953 to 1961. He also believed in life on other planets. He was very interested in aliens and UFOs. It was said that he met with the aliens three times and he visited the Roswell crash and he made routine trips to Edwards Air Force Base in 1954. On his meetings with the aliens, the first meeting was at the Edwards Air Force Base on February 19, 1954. This was when he was on an unscheduled vacation in Palm Springs, California. While on this vacation, he disappeared. When everyone became worried, the press secretary said that he had a dentist, had a dentist appointment getting a chipped tooth fixed. The chipped tooth was supposedly a cover-up. Eisenhower Presidential Museum has all the detailed medical and dental records of the president. There isn't any records of any dental visit while he was in Palm Springs. The Didis widow never was told by her husband of performing any dental work on the president. There is a collaborating story to the meeting at Edwards Air Force Base, but it's difficult to confirm the accuracy. Gerald Light claims to have been at the meeting. He stated that the Air Force officials had permission from the aliens to study the spacecraft. Well, let's look at some circumstantial evidence. President Eisenhower was on an unscheduled winter vacation in Palm Springs, California from February 17th to the 24th of 1954. On the 20th, he went missing and he was supposedly had a chipped tooth. This is a weak cover-up story because Light's description of the meeting and the leaders who attended the meeting make you think it's probably true. Facts from the Washington Post, February 19, 2004, states that in February 20, 1954, meeting includes Eisenhower on a golf vacation in Palm Springs. After dinner, he left the place he was staying at. The following day, he attended church service in L.A. 
and announced to the press that Eisenhower seen a dentist because of a chipped tooth he got from eating dinner. On April 16, 1954, a letter from Gerald Light to Mead Lane, director of Borderline Sciences Research Association. My dear friend, I have just returned from Muroc. The report is true, devastatingly true. I made the journey in company with Franklin Allen of the Hearst Papers and Edward Norse of Brookings Institute, Truman's erstwhile financial advisor, and Bishop McIntyre of LA. Confidential names for the present, please. When we were allowed to enter the restricted section after about six hours in which we were checked on every possible item, event, incident, and aspect of our personal and public lives, I had the distinct feeling that the world had come to an end with fantastic realism. For I have never seen so many human beings in a state of complete collapse and confusion. As they realized that their own world had indeed ended with such finality as to beggar description. The reality of the other plane, Aeroforms, is now and forever removed from the realms of speculation and made a rather painful part of the consciousness of every responsible scientific and political group. During my two days visit, I saw five separate and distinct types of aircraft being studied and handled by our Air Force officials, with the assistance and permission of the Aetherians. I have no words to express my reactions. It, it, it has finally happened. It is now a matter of history. President Eisenhower, as you may already know, was spirited over to Muroc one night during his visit to Palm Springs recently, and it is my conviction that he will ignore the terrific conflict between the various authorities and go directly to the people via radio and television. If the impasse continues much longer, from what I could gather, an official statement to the country is being prepared for delivery about the middle of May. I will leave it to your own excellent powers of deduction to construct a fitting picture of the mental and emotional pandemonium that is now shattering the consciousness of hundreds of our scientific authorities and all the pundits of the various specialized knowledges that make up our current physics. In some instance, I could not stifle a wave of pity that arose in my own being as I watched the pathetic bewilderment of rather brilliant brains struggling to make some sort of rational explanation which would enable them to retain their familiar theories and concepts. And I thank my own destiny for having long ago pushed me into the metaphysical woods and compelled me to find my way out, to watch strong minds cringe before totally irreconcilable aspects of science is not a pleasant thing. I had forgotten how commonplace things as the dematerialization of solid objects had become to my own mind. The coming and going of etheric or spirit body has been so familiar to me these many years I had forgotten that such a manifestation could snap the mental balance of a man not so conditioned. I shall never forget those 48 hours at Muroc. GL. Okay. The second meeting was at Holloman Air Force Base, and about 300 people saw Air Force One land. Then the tower was told to turn off their radar. Three round objects were seen in the sky. One landed, one hovered over the area, and the other one disappeared. Well, then a person that appeared to be the president 
exited the plane. That person was seen shaking hands with someone at the door of the UFO. That person was in the UFO about 45 minutes. When the person left, he wasn't wearing a hat, and he was recognized as the president. Eisenhower signed a treaty with the alien Rays on February 21, 1954. They met three times. Greta Treaty is signed every 10 years. So who is signing it? Is it the president that is in office at the time? Don't know. We are staying out of their business and they will stay out of ours, is what the Greta Treaty basically says. They would help us develop our technology and furnish us with advanced technology. They would not make a treaty with any other nation here on Earth. They could abduct humans for experiments, limited contact though. This was limited to medical exams and monitor monitoring our development, but they had to report the names of the abductees to the Majestic 12 Committee on a regular basis. Humans would not be harmed. Humans were to be returned to the exact point of abduction. Humans were to have no memory of this event, and the public would not know about the aliens. But later, it was said that the Greys were not trustworthy, that they deceived Eisenhower and broke the treaty. That the reason being is not all the abductions of the humans were returned. Not all human contact was reported to the MJ-12 and received less technology that we were to get. Okay, the first recorded abduction was in 1961 of Barney and Betty Hill. The Hill said the aliens were distant and unemotional. Okay, if one of the things says humans were not to have no memory of the event, how do they know that it happened? I mean, that's to say if it really happened or not. Right, so you don't know. And it, where was it recorded at? And how did anybody find the recording of it? honestly don't know for sure there's no actual facts about it this is just what they were saying what happened and that they remembered it yeah it makes you wonder if they're not supposed to have a memory how do they know i mean i understand oh well okay the grays were then said to be evil who abduct people against their will and perform medical procedures and there was possibly more than one alien race covered in the treaty that's interesting yep then in 1964, three UFOs entered the Holloman Air Force Base airspace. They were traced on radar, got on film, one of those UFOs landed, and three bluish-gray complexioned aliens in flight suits were met by Air Force Base commander and four officers. They stayed several days. Their UFO was repaired, so that... I mean, that, if that's true, that means they already showed a lot of the people at the Air Force Base how to work on their equipment. No one knew why they were here and what was discussed. With all the people knew who, what was going on, how did it remain secret? I mean, if they couldn't, they, they couldn't have been too worried about secrecy if they just flew down and out in the sky. I mean. If there was pictures taken, I mean, plenty of people yeah, had to have I seen know. it. I don't know. You could go either way on that. Yeah. Holloman Air Force Base has been referred to as a UFO landing site. 
Okay, let's take a look at some whistleblowers and people of interest. This is not going to be in any particular order. Let's look at Gerald Light. You already knew him from the letter that he wrote. Well, he was a writer, a lecturer, a metaphysical community leader. He was also skilled in the cult and clairvoyance. He would have been the spiritual part of the meeting. Then you got Dr. Edward Norse, who lived from 1883 to 1974. He was the first chairman of the Council of Economic Advisors to the President from 1944 to 1953. He was President Truman's chief economic advisor and then from 1953 to retirement, economic impacts at the impact at the meeting. Bishop Cardinal James Francis McIntyre, he would have been the religious aspect of the meeting. And after that, the Vatican established an observatory in the U.S. Franklin Winthrop Allen, the Hearst newspaper group. He was 80 years old at the time of the meeting. He was the news impact at the meeting. Okay, Naval Commander Charles Suggs. He said his father was at the first meeting between Eisenhower and the aliens at the Air Force Base. <clears throat> said there were two Nordic type blue eyed looking aliens with a third as a lookout. At that meeting, the aliens wanted nuclear testing to stop, but Eisenhower didn't agree to it, so there wasn't a treaty. I wouldn't agree to that treaty either. I, I couldn't do it, knowing everything that was happening in the world at that time. You just give up all your nuclear testing, knowing that your enemy probably has the same technology. How do you know the, uh, the aliens weren't going to attack the Earth? Exactly. And then without... I mean, with something that new, you wouldn't. Well, this was from a 1991 interview. Alright. You got John Lear, former Lockheed captain, CIA pilot, had broken speed records. He met with the aliens, warning from another alien race prior to the signing of the treaty. So, there's more than one alien group? Uh, from what I understand, there's a bunch of different alien groups. So, which one were they... Which alien race was advising them not to sign a treaty with another alien race? I mean, they all knew about each other. I don't know exactly which one was supposedly warning about it. But they, to me, it just seems like they got as much conflict as what we do here on Earth against other nations. Yeah. World of Worlds. Exactly. That movie there, that was a good movie. Okay, another person was Timothy Good. He was a former Pentagon consultant and author. In 2012, he talked about the meetings. He said the aliens wanted peace. They wanted a positive statement for the Earth's problems. What would a positive statement be? That everybody was going to get along? I mean, that's probably about the best you could think of, or at least just no more war. I mean, you really don't have to get, a, <clears throat> excuse me, get along with all the other countries, but as long as there ain't no war, then that's probably a good thing. They wanted the U.S. to stop testing nuclear weapons, and they wanted everyone to know they exi existed. When the final treaty, they were to me remain secret. So in that final treaty where they said that, that it was going to, they was going to remain secret, so if all this is true and everybody's just saying, you know, why doesn't the government just come out and say it? And so if this is all true, that means that treaty's still active, or it should be active, so could that be why they're still denying it? But how do you know it's still active? That's what I'm just saying. I just said if it 
it, it is still active, could that be why they're just not coming out saying it? Because then they would be the ones breaking the treaty, not the well, aliens. The aliens already broke the treaty yeah. if they were. But we don't know if they actually did or not. I mean, we're just you know reporting what we just read. And I mean, we re did read that they did break the treaty, but if this is again true, we we don't know. There's we because the government hasn't put out their side if it is true. Now we come to Laura Eisenhower. She's the great-granddaughter of President Eisenhower. She spoke at the 13th Stargate at Cosmic Consciousness Conference on January 12, 2018, and the Close Encounters Conference on January 19, 2018. She discussed that her grandfather and the alien treaty. She said he met with the aliens he had three meetings, one meeting he negotiated with an alien race for technology. She has had encounters with aliens, but her reputation is in question. Eisenhower never publicly made a statement about the meetings. When his son was asked about it, he said Eisenhower never talked to him about the aliens, and he had no further comment. Okay, Phil Schneider, he was a former geological engineer. He was contracted to build underground bases and worked on black projects involving aliens. He knew about the aliens, and his knowledge could have only come from working on projects dealing with aliens. Then there's Dean Phillips, Air Force serviceman. He saw documents pertaining to the meetings with the aliens. Colonel Philip Corso, he wrote in his memoirs about the treaty. Any contact with the alien races was to be kept secret. The penalty for talking about this was a crime under the Espionage Act, and the penalty was 10 years in prison and a $10,000 fine. This is what probably prevented people from coming forward and talking about it. Oh, of course, back then. $10,000 back then would be like, whew. Probably over a million dollars today. The way, the way people were dealt with if they came forward was to intimidate, eliminate, discredit, and silence them. All public records would be removed. They would distort the statements and force retractions. Well, that was another good reason not to come forward back then. Yeah, because you probably get... Shoot, anything could happen to you. It'd make you look like you're crazy. Maybe that's why some of the people nowadays that's trying to say stuff about anything, you know, people think they're crazy. Maybe the government really is doing this stuff to keep people from talking. And they would eliminate you? What does that mean? Well, I mean, are they going to take you somewhere? Or are oh, they going no. to do away with you? Yeah. You wouldn't be, a, you wouldn't, you would never would have existed. Yeah, they just erase you from everything. Okay, Henry McElroy Jr., he was a former New Hampshire state representative. He saw briefing documents pertaining to Eisenhower in the meetings with the aides. I mean, with all these people that has been in there, I mean, a lot of them have seen this stuff, and I don't think, I can't really see, you know, state representatives or anybody in that kind of position just coming out saying, oh yeah, I've seen this stuff. I mean, the only thing I can see happening is getting, getting noticed by everybody if you wanted to become, you know, higher up in the government, but just to take a risk like that, if it was true, I mean, just because he was a state representative doesn't mean the higher up in the government wouldn't do anything to him. Alright, moving on to Michael Sala, former American University professor, 
runs the Peace Ambassador Program at AU's Central Center for Global Peace. He has a PhD in government from the University of Queensland. He believes that the Dennis story is a cover-up, that Eisenhower met aliens at Edwards Air Force Base, met the aliens with white hair, pale blue eyes, and colorless lips, the aliens nicknamed Nordics because they look like Scandinavians, come from another solar system, that when they talk to you, it's telepathic communication where he said that it's like you're staring at them and they're talking to you, but they're not moving their mouth. You, you just hear it. That the Nordics offered to share their superior technology and spiritual wisdom if Eisenhower would again eliminate nuclear weapons in America, but Eisenhower did decline. They were afraid that we would blow up some type of technology and do something to time and space and affect other alien races on other planets and galaxies. So apparently everything in the universe is connected. Something happens in one area affects something somewhere else. In 1954, he says Eisenhower reached a deal with the aliens called the Greys. Said Greys could kidnap millions of humans. And he has evidence of alien visitation that came from the internet. He pieced together this information from the internet. So, I mean, really, like, when I read that, it just seems like it's the, oh, if it's on the internet, it must be true. But just like the old thing, if it was on TV, it has to be true. <laughs> yeah. All right. This next guy, I'm not too good about his last name, but it's Jim Larizaf. He's an archivist at the Eisenhower Library. He says, to his knowledge, Eisenhower didn't meet with any aliens, and there's nothing in the archives about any of the meetings. That could also be just a cover-up on his part, too. Well, yeah. I mean, whether if you want to believe that this happened or not, it's... It, but I mean, why, it would they, why would they put it in the archives if it's supposed to be kept secret? There wouldn't be nothing in no, the archives. No, it wouldn't be. I mean, so just saying, oh, it's not in the archives doesn't mean necessarily that it didn't happen. Well, really, maybe he does believe it's not in there. But if it's his job to say it's not, why why would but he why risk it? why would they, if it's supposed to be kept secret, why would they put I, it in there? I know. They there would, wouldn't be nothing. You wouldn't think they would. But also, you got to look at it this way. How to, what's the best place to hide something in plain in sight? In plain sight, yeah. I mean, even if I personally think that if it was in there, I still think you would have half the people not believing that it's real. Well, you can put something in somebody's face and say this is true and they'll tell you it's a lie. That's just the way we are. Yeah, So I really, because this, this is why, this, especially the way we're trying to do this show, it's we're just putting out everything that is being said or talked about and just putting it all in one place so you can decide for yourself if it's true or not. Yep. All right. Alrighty then. Herb Pankratz, archivist of trains, planes, and UFOs. He says the stories have changed and he believes the Dennis story is true. But that is a good point, though. If the stories over time has changed many, many different times and it kind of leads to maybe it isn't true. Yeah. But maybe the people who are speaking the truth you know, are coming out, and then just somebody else like, okay, what's the best way to cover it up? Tell us the truth, but in a different way. The more different story, stories there are about it being true, quote unquote, then people are going to start to disbelieve it. Yep. Okay. 
Now we come to James Mixon. He was a dental historian and professor at the University of Missouri, Kansas City School of Dentistry. He says on February 20, 1954, Eisenhower chipped a porcelain cap. It was repaired by Dr. Francis Purcell, but you can't confirm that since the dentist had died in 1974, but he also said the president did have a lot of trouble with that cat. I mean, I know the president, like everything that happens to him is supposed to be public knowledge, but really, like, if I see an article saying the president chipped, chipped his tooth of eating dinner, I'm probably not going to read that article. Nah. That's not. It would be really, interesting. Yeah, it's not an important thing. Alright. Now here comes somebody that I personally read his book. William Cooper. He was in a naval intelligence briefing team for the commander of the Pacific Fleet from 1970 to 1973. He had access to classified documents he had to read for his job. In his book, Behold a Pale Horse, he goes into detail about this and a lot of other topics of interest. And, I mean, just personally, like, if you haven't read his book, it is, it was, you know, written up quite a few years ago, but it really still seems, sounds pre relevant for today. So, if, if you can get a hold of a copy of it, I would suggest reading that book. Alrighty. Robert Dean, he was a former master sergeant. He had access to confidential records, and he said there's four alien groups that they knew of. They were the Greys, they had large noses, the human group, the six to nine foot tall humanoid, very pale and they had no hair, and the reptilian. They had vertical pupils and skin like the stomach of a lizard. Okay, here's my thing. If the president signed a treaty with the Greys and said the Greys wouldn't sign a treaty with any other nation. What about the other three? Did they go to other countries? Well, you can't really just say the other three because we don't know exactly how many different alien races are out there. Some of the stuff I've read, there's a bunch of different races from different galaxies and dimensions and okay. every, everything. So, But so, you, you don't know. I mean, for all we know, we got the Greys and you know, England could have had the reptilians or yeah. I mean, any of them. Like, I mean, you can't say for sure because just like our government, if this is true, their government's not saying nothing either. So there could be a whole bunch out there. Then we got the Earl of Clancarty. In the 1990s, the Earl of Clancarty, member of the House of Lords, repeated the testimony of a British pilot. He was on vacation in Palm Springs in February 1954. He was told to go to Edwards Air Force Base by military officials. He reported that he saw aliens come from spacecrafts and approach the president, military, and political personnel. He said the aliens could breathe out air without any help from, from equipment. They were human-like, same height and build of an average man, but their features were somewhat misshaped. They spoke English. They wanted to begin an educational program to make everyone aware of them. Eisenhower was not in favor. He didn't believe people were ready for that. See, that's another thing somebody high up in power thinking, you know, really that they know best for everybody else. Like, now granted, back in that time, you it know, was with, with, yeah, like, 
it was still relatively a newer newer ordeal not a lot of people really knew about it there was no internet talking about all this stuff and you know maybe it would have but you know this is you know a new generation you know everybody's more open-minded but then it does come back to the Greta treaty where they not um, to talk about it he thought it would cause widespread panic they agreed not to but they would continue to contact isolated people until more people get used to them being on earth Eisenhower agreed to limited contact if the aliens agreed not to cause a panic the aliens showed some of their technology advancement including turning invisible but this made the president uncomfortable when the aliens left everyone was sworn to secrecy the pilot kept quiet until he was thought all involved were deceased. Clancarty regarded the pilot as a gentleman of great integrity. But, like I was saying, like, if the, the Greta Treaty is true and it hasn't been broken by the aliens or the government, um, I mean, coming out now would just break it unless the next time it's supposed to be signed they renegotiate and say, okay, I think it's time. Yeah, but what happens if they say don't tell and we tell? Then what are they going to do to us? I mean, who knows? I mean, but if if everything is true, then we know how to protect ourselves from them. I mean, I mean, come from a military standpoint, wouldn't that be one of the first things you learn with making a deal with another country or, or group of people, whatever? The first thing you want to find out is if something you know doesn't work right, how are we going to defend ourselves? Yeah. Okay, now we have Dr. Hank Crossman. In 1993, he said he was present at the meeting in 1954 as a 19-year-old Dutch sailor. He was trained in internal services and he served as the adjunct to the ship's commander. He said on 2-19-1954, he was briefed about a top secret meeting that was going to happen the next day. At the meeting, he recognized Eisenhower, Einstein, couple of German scientists, Van Buren and Schauberer, and Howard Hughes. He ever heard there were five alien ships in another hangar where aliens would demonstrate their ship's ability. He wasn't allowed to go to that meeting, but when his commander returned, he said the commander was pale and wouldn't tell what he saw. Then the next day, there were large crates that were loaded onto his ship to take to Holland. He found out the crates were delivered to a secret underground NATO base in Limburg, Holland. So in 1959, he returned to the U.S. and continued to look for the meaning of what happened in 1954. Maybe that's why Howard Hughes went crazy. I mean, it could be. <clears throat> I mean, well, everybody said he went crazy. I don't know. I wasn't there. But seeing something like that, I mean, but that can be coming to a thing where uh, President Eisenhower said that you know he doesn't want people to know about it because it could cause widespread panic. I mean. Maybe it still would nowadays. I mean, think for yourself. What would you do if an alien actually came to you, uh, introduced yourself, and showed you all this technology and just showed you everything it's capable of? Would you sit there like, hey, this is awesome, or oh my god, oh my god, everything that I thought is wrong? Don't know until it happens. If it happens. Yeah. Okay, there was a documentary on, a, on UFO, past, present, and future. It was narrated by Rod Serling in 1974. In it, there's a part on the UFO landings at Holloman Air Force Base and the meeting with Eisenhower. 
Also in a 1976 documentary, UFOs It Has Begun, Holloman Air Force Base is mentioned. There was an Air Force film shown to producers Robert Eminiger and Alan Sandler. There is strong belief among officials of widespread alien cover-up. Project Bluebird. Air Force files on UFOs includes a 1950 incident at Holloman Air Force Base. UFO was seen there. UFO sightings are worldwide. Other governments were aware of the aliens. The Ministry of Defense released in 2010 that Winston Churchill ordered UFO sightings to be kept quiet and that Eisenhower and Churchill discussed UFOs. UFO researchers say there may have been a time for cover-ups of UFOs for safety, but in these times things are different. Reports have been made public. There, I mean, there has been a lot of reports, and a lot of them has to do with the Majestic 12, which we are going to cover in another episode. But it's just, really, I think it's just going to be a personal choice. Do you think we're ready to know the truth about aliens or or not? If it is true, do you want to know about it? Or do you just want to be kept in, this, in the dark just like everything else? Well, that's it for this episode. You know, President Eisenhower and agreed a treaty. If you have anything you want to add or something we might have forgot about or anything, just email us at conspiracytheory2018 at gmail.com and you know we would love to hear from from you guys anything you have to say and until next time we hope you enjoy this episode